I love it when you. I love it when you said I'm defending Mr. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Gav, no, 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 <laughs> no. You, you completely missed the point anymore. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like an asteroid moments away from crashing into the Earth, our disaster season draws to an explosive and definitive conclusion. As this week, we put The Impossible on Trial. That's the name of the film, by the way. (laughs) The Impossible. Is it impossible or is it I'm possible? (laughs) That's absolutely terrible. Jesus, Gav. I thought it was impossible for you to be any worse, but it turns out. (laughs) It's a hard job, man. It's a hard job. Anyway, essentially, will this film be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list? Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was Armageddon, which Dave judged and deemed should be placed on the shit list. Now, Dave has since gone away and watched the film, so did he make the right call, yes or no? Dave? No. Yes. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Um, a- a- anything with an Aerosmith soundtrack, yeah, I can't I mean, believe you, you managed it's already, to that. <laughs> it's already on 90-odd percent, isn't it, with Aerosmith alone? You know, I, 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 the arguments that were put to me last week were sound. In that respect, I think, yeah, I think the uh, the prosecution did a really good job. And if we're following the rules of, you know, whoever actually makes their case on the day wins, then yes, it went in the right in the right place. The, the, the arguments were sound. I see all the prosecution points that they were making. They are there. Not much was lied about, but I enjoyed it. Genuinely, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it as, 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 a, as a viewer, as a, an audience member. I liked it. It kept me entertained. You know, there's something about that, that crazy son of a bitch, Michael Bay. He keeps you entertained, to be fair to him. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's a decent film. You know, I thought the special effects were pretty good. I thought the performances were good. The story was hokum, but it was enjoyable hokum. So all in all, yeah, I'd, I would say it's a good film. You know, all I ask is to be entertained. Uh, that, so in that regard... It, By it thousands of people dying. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's just gravy. That's just gravy, you know? <laughs> Dave, I mean, in a disaster you... film, that is what you want, though, isn't it? You know? <laughs> Dave, do you think you would have felt the same way if the soundtrack were composed of nothing but Justin Bieber? Um, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now onto the trial itself. All of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random, and acting in defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Joel. Uh, now, this week I've gone with Natural Disasters again. I hope that's okay. Uh, and Joel is just like a sinkhole. <laughs> What some may see, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What some may see as surface level depression, others, <laughs> others know is really just a giant hole. <laughs> wow, that's the good bit. <laughs> and joining Joel is me, and I'm just like a volcano, always spewing out hot reddish liquid. Oh. I would have gone with a mudslide or something. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking mudslide. I think I used mudslide the other night, to be honest. Now, acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list is Alex. And Alex is just like an avalanche. He's been shedding from his peak for years. 
<laughs> hey, <laughs> these are they, yeah, three for three. Gaff, come on, let's keep, <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> uh, joining Alex is Ozzy, who's just like a hailstorm, perhaps the most flamboyant and least threatening of the group. <laughs> <laughs> now, just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their real opinions, though, so stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear their genuine thoughts and in the role of judge who has to decide which list this film should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to him is dave and dave is just like a thunderstorm synonymous with 80s rock and bedwetting <laughs> see five for five all the effort you're putting well into these and you still made that i'm possible joke <laughs> you can see where most of my preparation was spent <laughs> it's, it's all downhill from here guys Okay, now, uh, before we get started, I think that we should probably give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So, let us spin the Wheel of Impressions. And it has landed on Alex. Well, I suppose it's, it's in between Alex and, and me. Um, I'm going to say it's more... I'll take it. I'll take Alex. it. <laughs> I mean, there's literally no impression to do in this film. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Uh, 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 As a well, tsunami? No, um, Would you like <laughs> a time man? Because no. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. Do not do, not do your best. Don't, your don't best worry, time. Dave. I'm, I'm, don't worry, Do not Dave, do I'm... your tie impression. <laughs> it's famous <laughs> when he's not recording. To, to, to be clear, I don't have a tie impression that I do at parties. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know he's not denying that he has a general East Asian impression uh, okay you uh, McGregor Scottish you McGregor yeah. Scottish just McGregor? a light a little a little to the Scottish little, accent yeah. does he does he have the accent in the film or is it just like just read it as no he's not Scottish in the film read is it not should I just do a clear cut? The clear cut name in what sort of English accent? Oh yeah, yeah, go on, yeah. The she's Australian, Diana. isn't she? Uh, no, I think she's no, she's clear cut English, and it's um, the story of a tourist family in Thailand. She sounds Australian at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? I, I feel like during impressions we shouldn't have input. Do you know what I mean? I, I completely threw me off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue. The story of a tourist family in Thailand caught in a destruction, chaotic aftermath of the 2004 Indian Ocean Tsunami. Very good, much. Mm, very very good. good clip. Thank you. English. I, Thank you. I closed my eyes and for a minute I thought Princess Diana was on the call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, onto the trial itself. So, Dave, would you like to please kick off proceedings? Yeah, certainly can. So, I don't know much about The Impossible. I have never seen this film. I understand Ewan McGregor and Naomi Watts are in it, and I know it had something to do with, I think it's the Boxing Day tsunami um, that hit Indonesia and Thailand and basically all, all parts of Southeast Asia. I think it's that event. Um, other than that, I don't know anything about this film. So it's, it's literally all to play for. Don't omit, uh, please don't omit any details. Tell me everything because I don't know it. So, uh, yeah, uh, who would like to start on the defence Gav? Gav is so I, 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 I don't mind, Joel, if you want to, if you want to start it. Or... Yeah, you picked it, Joel. You've no, made no, Joel. your feelings quite clear, Gav. So. No, no, I, I, I overruled, overruled. Joel, you picked this one. You tell me why you picked it. Uh, so why I picked it is just because 
it stood out for me as as being a very different type of disaster movie. I mean, you called it just then. It's based on a true event to begin with. And secondly, it's kind of more about the aftermath, I I suppose, of the disaster rather than either avoiding the disaster or the disaster itself. So to really kind of, I would say, like close-knit type of film, it, it follows, again, as you said, like, um, Ewan McGregor and Naomi Watts and their little family they're on holiday in, in Thailand and the the tidal wave, the tsunami hits and obviously they all get separated and it's kind of about them and their journey afterwards and you know, hope, hopefully reconciling at the end which is what happens and it's kind of why the film is called The Impossible because you would think at least one of them you know, would be wiped out type of thing but they all kind of get back together in the end and it, it's against the odds and it's just a, as I say, just, I would say like a shining light in a river of shit, really, in terms of disaster films, just pu- <laughs> purely because. Um, I mean, again, you've just got an image. You've got a real knack <laughs> yeah. for the image. It's a shining so light just, just yeah, flowing just down a river of shit. I'm the five of us, like, adrift on a river of shit. <laughs> shit. And then suddenly in the distance, like, what's that? What's the, it's the impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Salvation, boys. <laughs> exactly. You know, if you saw that in a river of shit, you'd head towards it. And <laughs> that's what this film is for disaster films. Um, you know, there's, there's none of the kind of cliche crap here. And I think it's mostly because it, it's based, obviously, on a true story. But there's also, like, real major heart in this film. You know, the, we'll go into it more later on i'm sure but there's real kind of emotion and things like that which run all the way through this film it's not just kind of like a, as again as you mentioned like hokum where you know that like certain characters are going to be killed off in probably like comical ways or something like that or there's like a kind of romantic lazy subplot running through the background there's none of that here and it was also rightfully praised as well for um the realism aspect uh so for example when the tsunami hits uh, you get to see a lot of the debris and things like that under the water. So there's a particular scene where Naomi Watts gets pulled underwater and a lot of the debris uh, kind of hits her and her body and things like that compared to other tsunami films where, you know, it's basically just like a swimming pool. It's just like an empty kind of, you know, base of water type of thing. So it was it was rightly praised for its realism, but mm. also um, its portrayal of the Thai people as well, because uh, obviously this is like a... a you know, a film about a white family, and there's a there's a good article about a review that was put out saying it's a disaster in Thailand, and they make a film about white people type of thing. But the film really portrays the Thai people really well because it goes into uh, a lot of scenes about how the Thai people spent their time trying to help others, basically uh, trying to help tourists and things like that, um, and the whole kind of. Uh, you know, selfless attitude, I would say, of, of the Thai people, even though their homes, livelihoods and all that were destroyed, they kind of went out their way to to help tourists. And I think the whole kind of package altogether is just really well done. So as I say, I think if, you, if you're looking for a disaster film that actually is based on a, a, a real life natural disaster and get like a real look at, uh, you know, how it can affect families and things like that, not just the family that you see on screen with you and McGregor, but it also shows you know, the aftermath of, you know, what, what happens to all the people type of thing as well. So, yeah, it's it's just a great package overall. And I think one thing you have to consider when you listen to this, Dave, is it's based on a real disaster. So the prosecution are essentially taking the piss out of a real-life disaster. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to think, what type of man would you be 
to put something like that on the shit list. Okay, thank you, Joel. Uh, I'm going to come to Alex now. Yeah. So, what's what's your problem with the tsunami, Alex? You. Uh... Well, no, you know, you know, and and, and to, to to walk back my earlier thing, like Joel's right. You know, this is a, this is an interesting disaster movie because it's based on an, on a real disaster that happened and a disaster that you know sometimes when they don't happen in English speaking countries don't get as much. Uh, you know, we don't get films made about them, and it's you know, and, and it's interesting that a film was made about this. Um, you know, the disaster happens you know, really early on in the film. So, you know, you could question whether it's a disaster film. It's more the aftermath of disaster. I would agree that the tsunami's done very well. I, I think I think they spent, you know, they, they spent the budget well on that. I don't think you could really disagree. And, you know, and I think people, you know, survivors agree that it's a, it's a good portrayal. So, you know, for, 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 from that aspect, it's not overdone. And, and I think the tsunami part is done quite well. You know, you could be quite controversial in this and say, well, you know, like Joel was sort of preempted and saying like, well, this is a, you know, a, a film about a, a disaster that happened in Thailand. And yet you're taking it from the point of view of a European family. Like, you know, what, what's going on there? And I, I don't I don't think it's as controversial as it could be made out in today, you know, in, in this sort of climate. But I, I do think that what the film is trying to do is it's trying to take a victim standpoint. You know, in a lot of the films we've done, you're looking at it from the president's point of view. You're looking at it from the people who are responding to the disaster's point of view and all of that. The impossible is interesting because it's taking it from the victim's point of view. So you're just focusing on the family being dealt with, you know, and, and, and going through this tsunami, which is interesting and it's, and it's a true story. But I would say that that does limit the film. And when Joel says there's a lot of scenes with Thai people, I don't think you actually see the perspective of Thai people experiencing the disaster that happened in their own country. And that's not, you know, and again, I don't think that's them, I don't think it's whitewashing or anything that sort of polemic, but I, I do think that's a that's a shame. You do see you do see them in the hospitals, you do see Thai people, there, there are scenes where they're in, but the perspective is constantly from this family you know, this English family. And and the, the worst thing as well is you find out that it's an English family in the film, but it's actually based on a Spanish family. So so again, it, it's an odd thing that the real family is Spanish and yet they felt the need to change them to an, an English family. I, I, I don't know, I, I found that, I, I thought that was quite odd. You know, it's, it's, it's too strong to say it's all hokum, like, you know, like Independence Day or something like that. But at the end of the day, you do have to look at the sort of the facts of it, which is you are looking at a, film about a, a real disaster that happened in Thailand and what you're looking at is a family that aren't from Thailand that are European and that everything ended happily for them they all in the film find each other in this sort of it's more improbable than impossible if they, they find each other in these very improbable circumstances and, and it, you know and in certain ways it's emotional and it's done well but the, the film is 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 flawed in the sense that this is a disaster that happened in Thailand and it all ends very happily for them. And you're not looking at any other perspectives because it's focused in on them. And I think it, I think that does detract a little bit from it being a real disaster. I, I, I do think that does a disservice to, to a certain extent. I, I, you know, I, I think the film had good intentions to do it from a, a, a small point of view of people as disaster victims. I just think it picked the wrong people to do it from the perspective wise. Okay, thank you. A quick follow-up question before I move on. The Spanish family it was based on, did they all survive? Yeah, they all survived. It's all true. It's all completely true. And and they, you know, they, to be honest, from their quotes and stuff like that, they enjoyed the film. You know, they, they didn't have a problem with it. I, I don't know why they're not Spanish in the film, though. But, hmm. but you know, yeah, they, uh, they, did, they did watch the film. 
Okay. Oh, thank you very much. Gavin, just come over to you. So, yeah, I've got a couple of problems here. You know, we got... um. It's a disaster uh, that happened in Thailand. Well, it happened, I think it hit Indonesia the worst, uh, now I think about it. But Thailand was obviously pretty badly hit as well. Obviously, Thailand has a huge tourism industry, but this is focused on a family of those tourists rather than mm-hmm. on the Thai people themselves, who probably suffered just as much, if not more, let's face it, uh, as a result of this tsunami. The film's not about them. Uh, yeah. Is that a problem? Mm, I, no. I mean... Uh, not to be simple, it's, but no, yeah. uh, not to not to load my question so much. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Everything that Alex has just told about now, just completely difficult. No, uh, uh, so y- Alex is completely right. This is the real life uh, of uh, like, this. Obviously, it's a real life event, but it's the true story of survivor Dr. Maria Bellon and her family. It's their story. This film is actually a Spanish film. It's Spanish produced, directed production company. A lot, uh, some of the scenes as well were filmed within Spain. And what um, we were saying before, you, you said, I wonder why they picked Naomi Watts. It's because Maria Bellin actually was heavily involved in the production of this film. It's her story. She was actually able to be heavily involved in the whole creative process and actually handpicked Naomi Watts to play her in the film. She was given the choice to go out. And Maria Bellin actually said at one point, I could have gone with Penelope Cruz. You know, Penelope Cruz is a Spanish actress, but I wanted to go with Naomi Watts. I think that she will, she was able to realistically convey everything that I went through on, on that on that trip. The creative team then chose not to divulge the characters' nationalities to keep it ambiguous. Yeah, we say it's a white family, but they never actually discuss where they're from, their nationalities, their ethnicities, they're never spoken about. So they tried to keep it a little ambiguous because of that. Maria Bellin defended the film from criticisms on whitewashing, saying that it was a holiday resort with a diverse range of nationalities, and it was her story, her perspective. This also accounts uh, and praise from other survivors. Uh, one survivor, Sam and Jenkins, said that although the film focused on the white family, it also highlighted the real heroes who were the Thai people. I know that Alex said that maybe they take a bit of a, a back seat and it's you know they're not really in the story as much as you'd like. But what it does here is he's, he said both for my then sixteen year old self and the Bellin family, it was the Thai people who waded through the settled water after the first wave had struck to help individuals and families. The Thai people had literally lost everything: homes, businesses, families. Yet their first instinct was to help the tourists. So it, as Joel said before, it shows the absolute selflessness of the uh, the locals um alex said as well a little bit about um to, uh, just to give you a little bit of context about the film i should say is that you know it is the family maria played by naomi watts her husband henry Hugh mcgregor and their three sons one of them played by lucas who's um well, sorry one of them lucas the older one is played by tom holland in his feature film debut they are separated when the wave hits so lucas and maria go one way she gets badly injured from the tsunami and she's taken to a local hospital which is in complete chaos and it's very touch and go whether she's actually going to make it or not then on the other side we've got henry and the other two boys who are completely unaware they don't know if their 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 wife their mother has died or not it really perfectly highlights the absolute chaos and confusion that rained down on everybody at that point and you know i know that alex said the tsunami is only a, a bit at the beginning but it's actually about the after effects as well and the impact on the community and the and the families that were there as well 
but let's let's not take away the fact that this is a real life drama it's incredibly powerful and it recreates the harrowing effects of that real life tragedy absolutely perfectly the production company painstakingly reconstructed the resort the bell and stayed at and the tsunami was recreated with a combination of digital and practical effects as well as i said before the film has been praised by several survivors of the disaster for capturing the fear of the event and the chaos of the aftermath the direction, the cinematography, the script, they are all on point here. But it's the performances for me, which we'll go into a little bit about in more detail. But they are just so captivating, including an Academy Award-nominated performance from Maria Bellin's choice to play it, Naomi Watts. And on top of all of that, Dave, let's not forget, your best mate, your idol, Roger Ebert, gave this film a oh, perfect four-star oh. <laughs> rating, praising the performances of Watson McGregor. Calling it, calling it, wait, one no. of the best films of the year. Well, that settles that. Who's got a quiz for us? <laughs> right, I'm going to call for an, an outright ban on us mentioning Roger Ebert from now on. Outright ban. Sustained. So stay, yeah, second, like anyone, or everyone say aye. Dave, put your hand no, up. Come on. No, never. <laughs> I, I, I like bringing him up because it shows how flawed a man he really is. <laughs> it's more about Roger so, Ebert than it is the rest of the film. <laughs> At least he was alive when this review came out. Austin, Austin as he says, your man Roger Ebert rated this film 16 years actually... after he died. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, yeah, it was actually Roger Ebert and he did review it. And I think if you were are to read his review post post the, the trial you see he, he barely mentions the film at all what he talks about is the horrific depictions of what it's trying to show and i think actually his review is uh is more out of politeness uh, <laughs> and respect to the victims of the of the actual uh disaster than to the film um so you have to read you know no in roger Ozzie, he was not polite or respectful <laughs> Well, he, he, no, he said it was. He said it was. He was. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. This. He wasn't. This instance. I think he's very. Uh, he knows. He knows his audience. He knows when to. Uh, he knows when to pull his punches. And in this instance, he really should have gone for the jugular, but he um, didn't want to get cancelled. So he did. Um, <laughs> so he's done. A, he's done a very nice review, and um, you know, and respectful review, which is what we're trying to achieve here. Uh, so, so don't you be setting us up for a fail, Gav. Uh, so in I'm that a, regard, yeah, is that, I, we know I just this... tell it how it is. You know, I'm just giving Dave the facts <laughs> so he can make a judgment. So yeah, I'm going to politely disagree with um, with Gav on the whole. Like what he says isn't necessarily untrue, but um, it's more it's it's the tone of the film in that because it does <laughs> you know, like Alex said, it's because of the because of the focus is on this tourist family, and it's very very much because you don't really see the the scale of the tsunami you know we're only it, it there's a few liberties played in that because the, the tsunami was such a massive news event you're almost able to just just contain it to the resort it's almost like just a large-ish wave in a pool it's a little bit uh, you know it, it's wasted the visual effects and the, the special effects that gab was saying whether it's just so underwhelming for such an incredible disaster so already you're a little bit like okay well that's an interesting direction choice that we're going to focus on a very small piece and that could well have worked if it wasn't i don't know it feels maybe maybe it's from my point the same as alex's point it feels just a little bit disingenuous to focus on the disaster of one rich white family than than the wider piece you know and, and i get that there's a take on 
the generosity and the heroism of the of the locals and of, of like people in general to make it work but um it just doesn't sit right throughout the film like the drama it's really hard to to feel you know like like alex said it's not impossible and then the fact that they keep calling it the impossible means that you already know what's going to happen so the drama of them finding each other and everyone being okay is kind of taken away because it's just improbable like like and normally that sort of semantics i might have argued with him about but we're on the same team and and it works in this regard it's just a bit like it's almost a bit boring that you sat through essentially like a a where's Wally like trying to find your family like Okay. My goodness, that's there's a there's another mental image that's just been conjured up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, I've got a, I've I've heard a bit about people's th- initial thoughts on the film. Um, still piecing that one together, but I want to hear more about I want to hear more about the cast and characters. I want to hear more about the direction. I don't know who the director is actually. I want to hear more about the direction, cinematography, the way this tsunami is done. You know, the obviously what I'd imagine is like the the centerpiece of the film, or at least the Sort of Deus Ex Machina at the start of the film. Um, who wants to pick one of those, all of those, none of those? <laughs> yeah. Gav. Gav, your hands raised. Yeah, th- thank you. Uh, t- just uh, c- can I come back on a couple of um, points that the Auss- Aussie made as, as well? No, yes, you can. <laughs> just, just to say <laughs> that I really think that having a central focus for this film anchors the film and makes the events much more impactful i mean obviously you know like they, they were very impactful to begin with it's an, an absolute travesty but similar to like titanic where there's the central love story or there's the central characters and then there's the disaster unfolding around them i think it, it makes the disaster much more impactful gives it much more gravitas and i think that's the same here uh, I, I also think as well that of all the gripes you can have about the film, I think the, the portrayal of the tsunami is probably the least. Uh, I think that this is, I mean, this is a very short <laughs> list to pick from, but I was going to say that it's probably the most realistic and devastating recreation of a tsunami ever included in a film, but I can't really think of many other tsunamis in films, to be honest. Yeah. But, well, I had to pick that or get impact. ridiculed for criticising the film. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but with the tsunami, the production company took over a year to put together the 10-minute tsunami scenes, so the initial impact and then the aftermath of it. They used a mixture of practical and digital effects, filming partly on location at the actual resort, which has obviously since been rebuilt, in addition to creating an identical copy of the luxury hotel, which was built just to be destroyed in a scene that could only be filmed once because of how expensive it was to set up. Then the filmmakers used models at the resort as well, and a giant water tank in Spain to film the underwater scenes. Now, for those underwater scenes, Naomi Watts was strapped in a rotating chair and spun around furiously while she had to hold her breath to recreate, you know, the kind of effects of, of being underwater in the tsunami. Um, and survivors of the tragedy praised the realism of the film, but especially highlighted just how realistic these scenes were, especially as Joel mentioned before, the debris floating around. One guy was saying that, you know, while all this chaos was happening, he was underwater, he was hit by a washing machine. And he was like, what the hell is that doing there? And, you know, and he said, watching the film, you could see a washing machine there. And he was like, oh, God, yeah, that is, <laughs> I saw that. Um, 
<laughs> but I will say as well that as he was saying that you know it's focusing on one family, it's not focusing on others. I will say that the rest of the cast outside that central family rounds up brilliantly with supporting roles. We get little fleeting appearances and snippets of people's story here and there, which really do, I feel, add some emotional weight to the film. For example, we're introduced to a father who is absolutely determined to find his wife and his children in the chaos. He doesn't know where they are. You know, we're just introduced to him to want for one scene. We're introduced to a young child who Maria and Lucas rescue. And then later on, we see that he's reunited with his father. And it's this really nice emotional scene. We get fleeting looks into other people's lives and other people's um, responses and how to, to the travesty and how they've been affected by it. And I think that that's really great to kind of flesh out the the events in much more detail. Okay, thank you very much, Gav. Uh, Alex, see your hands raised. Yeah, I think, you know, Gav was saying that it's fleeting and, and I think that is, you know, it's so fleeting as to not really be worth a, a mention particularly. You know, there, there are a couple of characters like Gav was saying about the father who's lost a couple of sons, but there, there really are, I wouldn't say they flesh out much, you know, and, you know, again, coming back to it, this is a bit the problem with the film is that you are focused in on this one family, which which, again, I can I can see that's a choice the film has made to focus in on a real life family and to to see a disaster from their point of view. But there are flaws that come with that. And I think a, a big thing you needed and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll come on to cast now. But, you know, I, I'm going to say that the cast are, are, are pretty good. You've got some good actors in there and stuff like that. And, and an, an awful lot of the extras as well were survivors of the tsunami. So I wouldn't I haven't got a huge amount of prop B for the actual performances. I do. I do have a problem with the script. I do think the script is is extremely poor in this. Like you don't need I, I wouldn't say this, you know, you, I wouldn't say it's a particular it's not like a, a rom com or something where the script is a, an absolutely essential element to it. But but then again, it is a film that's focused in on this one family. And some of the some of the like the, the initial dialogue you have between Naomi Watson and McGregor as a, as a as a married couple is about, you know, it's it, it's it's very, it's very poor dialogue. It's about him saying, Oh, did you set the alarm? And she's going, Yes, I set the alarm. And then the, he says, Well, did you set the alarm? And I guess it's meant to show that. They're anxious. He's anxious about it, but that doesn't really come back later. And she's talking about, you know, she, and she's talking about. Did you want it to be a scene later on? Maybe not. By the way, I did set the alarm. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Yeah. I've just got an image of someone like trapped in the debris, <laughs> this alarm going off that they can't quite reach. Like whoever set that alarm is a special but, place in hell for you. But I guess, but the thing is though about that is it's a script that's trying to show that you and McGregor is some sort of like he's he's worried about things and and he doesn't really isn't worried about things in the rest of the film. I, I'm not saying there's not an emotional heart to the film and, and 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 there aren't good performances when they're actually happening but the actual things they say to each other is a huge flaw in the film it, it isn't a strength of the film at all you know there's also a bit where a random woman comes to talk to one of the boys and starts to talk about stars and how we don't see if the stars burned out until it's reached us and you know and and, and the, 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 there's just quite a lot that's that's a little bit weak and and i think it does because you are focused in on this family as the central part of the way you're experiencing the tsunami, the fact that you don't have them saying good lines to each other, good performances, the way they're actually emoting facially and in, in ways all good, but the actual things they're saying to each other sometimes are very poor. And, and I do think that detracts from the film. Okay. 
Thank you very much. Um, I'd like to go to Joel now. So I've heard a bit about the practical effects. Um, I've not heard much about the direction or about the performances themselves from the defence. I've had a bit on them from the prosecutor. There might not be much to contend here unless Austin's got anything. The performances seem to be pretty good. But Alex made a few points about the script, which seemed fairly damning. So uh, take your pick of any of those. Um, points, so I'd say on the direction, Gav covered a bit of it fairly well. You know, the um, the fact that they only had this like one chance, if you like, to film the whole tsunami scene. And I think it was just completely smashed out of the park. Like if you if you watch it, even though it's only a small part of the film, you know, it's one of those scenes that you'll want to go back and watch on YouTube, not in like a kind of sadistic way, but just to see, <laughs> you know, kind of uh, just to kind of watch it again, because there's so much going on and it's one of those things that you'll miss. And because it's so realistic as well, it's obviously, um, you know, hopefully as close as, as most of us will ever get to something like that. But in terms of the performances, I think for me, this is just amazing. Like I, I was, you know, kind of blown away watching it again at just how good Naomi Watts, Tom Holland and um, Ewan McGregor were, especially Tom Holland. There's like this one scene in particular where um, it's kind of getting towards the end of the film and they're just about to be reunited. They're in kind of like this this camp where all the survivors are and where they're looking for missing people and things like that. Uh, the two younger brothers are on like a, uh, a truck full of kids who have basically lost their parents essentially. And Tom Holland just kind of, he's walking around in, in that little base and he just kind of starts screaming out his brother's names just in the hope, you know, that one of them hears them, hears him, sorry. And the two of them just kind of instantly hear him, you know, calling their name. And, and there's just this really great scene where, um, you know, Tom Holland is reunited with his two little brothers. And I think it's like a really emotional scene, you know. And Gav mentioned again, like Naomi Watts being nominated for awards and things like that for this. I would say she is probably, you know, the, the strongest in this. But even that is, you know, kind of not taking anything away from Ewan McGregor. I think he's got like a really fantastic range and all of them together are just a really believable family. Um and while some of the negative points may be that, you know, that we focus too much on this family, I mean, that's what the film's about, essentially. It's not a documentary on the tsunami. It, it's a retelling of, you know, the, this family and how, you know, basically they were reunited after literally going face first into a tsunami. So I think the performances and everything, the direction are just really kind of pitch perfect. I think it's one of those kind of like, perfect storm type of things where just everything comes together perfectly and, and just creates like a really great film. I think this is kind of one of them rare situations. Perfect tsunamis yeah. that you mean, Joel? <laughs> is there such a thing? <laughs> cut, cut, cut. <laughs> God, this is this has been one of those episodes, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Joel. <laughs> so I'd like to go to Austin finally. Any points you want to wrap up on this? You know, I've heard a bit. Alex has stuck the knife into the script pretty well. Uh, the cast are being pretty much left alone on this. I think the performances seem pretty solid. Anything you want to add to any of these or to the direction? I think my you my my bit is with the direction. It's you know, it's almost like a a callback to where we started. Is that it's a it's a happy ending to the to the film, and I think that's what sits so badly with me the acting is great you know and I, I, and he said that you know award-winning uh for um for naomi watts but i mean 
which is which is is good. You know, she does depict a terrified mother incredibly well, so well that she could get in a, uh, nominated for award and be in in a bed for the bulk of the film. You know, so yeah. So it, 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 in all seriousness, I don't I don't have that much to add except for it does leave you with a bit of a bit of a weird taste because it's not that it's a bad it's not that it's a bad movie. It feels like a, several bad choices made along the way. So it is well acted, you know, and you see uh, all of the kids, not just Tom uh, Holland, do, you know, the other two aren't in it a great deal, but it's not, it's not that anyone's bad within it. It's just a few weird choices, you know, that, that it does focus on such a small piece. It takes away the, like I've said, it, 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 we're aware of how big an impact it was because it's world news. But then, for it to put the spin at the end that we're all happy because these guys have got together, like that's great, but it doesn't actually then flip it back to say, yeah, some people made it. Does that make sense? Is that you're like, oh shit, you know, you leave it, the film finished, and you're like, oh yeah, that's great, well then. But you know, nice happy ending. And then it's like, oh for fuck's sake. And I imagine not a lot of people. Um, not not a lot of people at the time, or maybe at the time they would have done, but if you'd watch it now, I think it'd be lost on a, on a huge amount of people. It doesn't really capture the gravitas of of the situation, I think, and that's maybe what makes me think it should be on the the shit list amongst you know amongst a few other bits. It's not that it's a bad film; it's just not a, It's just got a bad taste. Right. Yeah. Thank you very much, Austin. Okay. I think I've heard enough to make a call on this one unless anyone has got any points that they think they must add to sway me either way no we're done uh, no, none from me no i'm going to consider my notes uh, has anyone got a quiz to while away the hours while i do so i haven't normally i like to kind of um make a quiz about the characters in the film but there was only like three with any kind of notable film career after this so it, it's kind of all based on on this film so um, right, question one. So the director, who we didn't actually mention by name, but Juan Antonio Bayona has directed a critically acclaimed TV series. Does anyone know Bam. what it was? Money Heist? Um, no. Good, good uh, effort, though. I, I do know recently, because I, I looked him up when I was doing my research. Did, did he direct Penny Dreadful? He oh, no. I, oh, he uh, did. That was right, yeah. Yeah, Penny okay. Dreadful. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Okay, so uh, question two. So Hugh McGregor and Jake Lloyd, for anyone who doesn't know, that's Anakin out of uh, episode one. Um, <laughs> before they appeared in that film, they appeared together in a TV show. Just one episode of a TV show. Can anybody guess what it is? British or American? It is American, yeah. Oh, uh, like something like uh, CSI. You're on the right kind of lines. Law and order. Oh. I'm not going to say friends, but... No, it's... NYPD Blue. Blue Blood. No, it's, it's not like a legal thing, but it's... Think, oh, uh, like ER? ER, well done, Gov. No. Two All points right. to Gov. Is okay, ER so, American? Oh, yeah. Jake Lloyd is American. You think, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to casualty. Casualty. The much maligned, the, the one that ER wanted to be, really. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, they had George Clooney, we had Charlie. Question, <laughs> so, uh, Hugh McGregor obviously is in Birds of Prey. Can anyone remember his character name? Bam. Yeah, bam. Oh, go on, Dave. Uh, Roman Sionis. Roman Sionis, well done. AKA Black Mask. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, question four. So, No Way Home became the most watched trailer in history within 24 hours. To the nearest million, how many views did it get in that 24 hours? 28. 28. I'll give you another guess because that was so fucking terrible. Bam. 200. Two. Oh. <laughs> 200 for Gav. Dave. Red is uh, that? 240. 240, Aussie. Well, I feel like I'm, I was way off. I was going to be with 24. Like, I'm going to say 240. 240. Lucy, I'll give you one last chance. No, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to take it. I'm staying with 28. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, it was 355 million views. Jeez, wow. I should have taken it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so t- who got the closest there? I think Me. both um, Ozzy and Dave said the same. Yeah, Ozzy said the same thing. Oh, did yeah. you say 240? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Well, you said you and Ozzy said sorry, the same man. thing that you said. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, okay. So Tom Holland got the part for Nathan Drake after Sony turned down his pitch for what? Like a young James Bond? Yeah, a young James Bond. Oof. Was he? So, yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so I thought I read that, yeah. God, that would be bad. Uh, okay, so until it, as in the 2017, it, um, what film was the highest gracing horror remake? Bam. And Dave? Is it The Ring? It was The Ring. Well, yeah. I know it's like a little correlation here between the actors. Yeah. I was thinking. She also, pulled, she also pulled quite a lot of shit out of her mouth in that film as well, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she pulled shit out of her mouth, Dave. Not actual <laughs> shit, like, like hair and weeds and whatnot. Um, okay, so King Kong was the highest budget film, as in, you know, it had the highest budget for its time until it was eclipsed by what very quickly afterwards? Oh, when was uh, this? 2004? Uh, to, I don't know. King Kong Avatar? was around that time. Yeah, yeah. Avatar. And no. Uh, is it like a Transformers film? No, think superheroes. Avengers. The Avengers, not Marvel. Batman, uh, sorry, Superman. The Incredible. Yeah, Superman. <laughs> Superman Returns. It was 2006, which is kind of crazy. Um, okay, so here's like an actual geography question. So, what can cause a tsunami? And you can have a point for each correct earthquake. So an earthquake is one. Anyone else got anything else? A I've taken a shit in the ocean. Was it a hurricane? Uh, no, was... I'll give you that, Bruce. So actually, underwater, um... underwater displacements can cause uh, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> meet your impact. If Michael Bay has taught me anything, Dave, that is actually on there. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did so they Dave... not cause it with a nuclear explosion? I'll give you that as well, actually, Ozzy, because detonations is what is under in there as well. So wait, no, I I should get two for Gav then. Godzilla, the same answer. The the other ones that you haven't got are Godzilla. Pretty sure Godzilla. Godzilla. (laughs) Godzilla and Kaiju in in Japan. (laughs) Um, So volcanic eruptions underwater, volcanic eruptions, um, landslides underwater, landslides, and glacial calving, which is where like all the glaciers kind of fall off into the sea. And Aquaman. Pretty sure Aquaman can rustle up a good tsunami. <laughs> he, he rides them. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got two left, actually. Which disaster movie has the largest death toll? Um, like 2012? Yeah, 2012. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say don't look up. 
Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Surely everyone's Entire. gone by Entire. the end. Entire. Not everyone. Aussie. No, I'm pretty sure if the, if the stay to the end. Pretty sure. Yeah. Well, you're both right. Essentially, there's 2012 and don't look up. There's like you know a handful of survivors. Let's say limited survivors, and basically mm-hmm. the entire population dies. So. <laughs> 2012, it says wow. estimated 6.9 billion dead. So let's wow. just work off that. Uh, okay, so last question. Uh, so what modern disaster movie is now one of the biggest movie flops of all time? So we're taking into account here money spent on it versus you know money taken in at the box office. Uh, how uh, recently Superwoman. Oh, disaster movie. I'm not going to tell you. That, that was Kev, a disaster of let's the movie. Say I want to say like 2012 again. 10 to 15 years. Yeah, like the uh, the day after tomorrow? Uh, nope, more recently than that. San Andreas? I'm not going to give you the answer to you. Actually so what's Moonfall? Moon recent... Oh, Dave, well done. Moonfall. Hey. Wow. Wow. You wow. know what? Moonfall was all right. The more I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. So the, there's actually a funny comparison. on like, because um, Moonfall came out similar time to No Way Home, and it was like Moonfall took like 1.5 million in its opening weekend, and No Way Home took like 1.2 billion or something like that. <laughs> an, extra, um, an extra couple of zeros. Yeah, so there we go. Alfred Molina made that difference. Let's say, uh, Gav, you finished on minus four. Brucey, you got two points. Dave, you got three points. Ozzy, you got ten. So Ozzy wins. Hey, well done, Ozzy. Well done, Ozzy. Well done. Good work, Ozzy. Why am I the only one who fucking finished minus? You know why. Because you won, really, but... <laughs> But you always win, and yes. Dave. So you'll never win my quizzes, even if you get, if, even if. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, reminds me of the fact cinema quiz. <laughs> and thank you very much, Joel. That was great. Um, so I've had a bit of time to go over my notes and have a think about this one. Like I say this was all to play for. I've never seen The Impossible. I don't think I've seen a film quite like The Impossible either, by the sounds of it. I like a lot of what I heard. Um, you know, it, it does seem like a different kind of disaster film, which is how Joel sold it to me. You know, the fact that it's based on a true event for one thing, and it's kind of more aftermath focused rather than on, on like you, most disaster films. I see kind of build to the disaster, and then kind of you just got the disaster, and then maybe the survivors trying to make their way out of it at the end. But this seems very aftermath focused. It's a family survival drama, so you kind of focus rather on like a whole country or even the whole planet trying to survive. It's focused just on a core family, which I did like. I do see the problem with um, it being an English family that we're focused on. You know, this hit Southeast Asia. There were a lot of people uh, like natives to the to those countries, nationals of those countries, who aren't really getting their story told here. And I'm, I'm pretty, like I said, I'm pretty confident they lost a great deal more than a lot of the tourists. But I don't, I don't mind that. It's not, a, it's not a deal breaker for me because I do think you know we've just chosen to focus on these tourists. Tourists were there. A lot of tourists lost their lives in this in this tsunami. Uh, so we've just chosen to tell their stories. Obviously, and this was a true story, although it was referred to as improbable a couple of times. That's, I did check. The family survived, you know, improbable perhaps, but um, possible, impossible. not impossible. Yeah. That was the impossible odds, but they did actually survive. So fair play on that, on that front. And even though it was a Spanish family and they switched it to English, Gav explained that pretty well why they did. You know, it's a Spanish-made film. It was just the, the choice of the original writer, I suppose, and of the producers to to make it this way. You know, and okay, I'm not quite sure why they did it, but they, they did it, and I. I'm fine with that, I suppose. And also the fact that even though the film doesn't focus on the Thai people, they are portrayed very favorably. You know, they're portrayed uh, as the heroes that they were. Let's be honest, you know, the, the death toll would have been much worse 
not for their actions. Um, and if this also has the survivor's approval, that is a big factor as well. This realism has been acknowledged by people who survived the tsunami and they've um, respectfully uh, acknowledged the film and said that, you know, this film does actually give an accurate depiction of, of the events. Digital and practical effects all seem to, to pass really well. The cast and characters, particularly the key family, seems good. Apparently the, the supporting cast seems a little too fleeting, I think Alex said, which, you know, I, I can see that. But then we are just focused on this family survival drama. I, the bit that stuck with me, though, is, is one of Ozzy's points about it does feel disingenuous to have a happy ending. You know, tens of thousands of people, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people, when I think about it, did not get a happy ending at the end of this film. Um, and I, I see where Ozzy's coming from when he says that does leave a bit of a bad taste, that you're celebrating the survival of these these five people when thousands upon thousands of other people didn't get that happy ending. They weren't so lucky. And this was real. You know, this this actually happened. These aren't just extras in a Michael Bay movie, you know, like when he decides to snuff out Paris in Armageddon. You know, this is this is real. This happened. And yeah, I do see that it, it does feel a bit strange to celebrate a happy ending in, in those in that scenario. But it focused on that family survival drama. It's not a happy ending because, oh, your favorite character made it. It's a happy ending because it chose to focus on these survivors, on those five survivors, and tell this story of this family who genuinely did live and experience and survive this. So in that regard, I, I think we can... We can give them a pass on that one. And I understand that maybe it does leave a bad taste, but that wasn't the story they were looking to tell. Maybe the story from the perspective of the uh, the local people will be told and probably has been told in, in Southeast Asian films. We've just not had a, a Western film uh, d- depict it yet, but we should do. Uh, all things considered, with the, the strength of the performances, a weak script, admittedly, but amongst a sea of a sea of how did Joel put it a shining light in a river of shit <laughs> I, I think I can have a, 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 a piece of shit in a in a river of light <laughs> a poor script is that Joel's better at these than I am but all when all said and done I think I'm gonna put this piece of shit in a river, in a river of light <laughs> I think that'd be it would be horrific wouldn't it if that yeah it wouldn't be great exactly. it'd ruin your river of life one yeah. it'd be probably more dramatic <laughs> um, way it's like you're being ascended <laughs> to heaven, but just yeah. before you get to the gate, you <laughs> oh, the oh no! <laughs> did, did, did someone just take a shit in the river of life? Who would do that? Who would do this? But it's on the hit list. Like, <laughs> I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. I've done everything I can for charity, but I've still got ideas. <laughs> and it's on the hit list. It's done. <laughs> before it gets too personal um, <laughs> very well summed up once again Dave thank you very much thank you guys for your arguments as well let's find out our genuine opinions then so starting with Joel who picked the film what did you think Joel were you 100%? Yeah, it's great. Like, when I watched it I actually thought you know it's a pity that people have to prosecute this because there's, there's not much there to prosecute I think and unless you know Brucey and Ozzy say otherwise, you know, I think it's a very good film and definitely deserving of its place on the on the hit list. Thanks, Joel. Okay, Ozzy and Alex, like, did you really hate as much as you said you did, Ozzy? Uh, no, like Joel said, I think it's quite difficult to um, to find something to take real, uh, real issue with. It's a very clear direction that they've, you know, that it was picked. It was a, it was a bold choice that I think works. It's a very, very hard-hitting movie so so while it is still tough because you're aware of the, the stuff at the end you know the, the happy ending is is clearly because you're meant to be focusing on 
the family and and it's meant to be that we're it's meant to be a, a a mission of hope you know almost at the end of it that although you can be in a in a horrible situation i think i, I mean i think it does a really good job of that but it's not one i will rush back to watch mm-hmm. it's 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 hard thank you very much ozzy alex what did you think uh, yeah, and I think it's on the right list, like like Joel was saying. Um, I think the emotional, the, the the way the actors portray the scenes, especially when they're reunited, and I thought uh, I, I I actually was very uh, moved in in certain bits in the film. So I, I think it really, you know, it did it did what it set out to do. Um, I do think a bit a slightly broader view of the of it would have been a better thing to have done. I, I don't know why it didn't, and I do think by the end of the film because the script's not there, you are a little exhausted of the possibilities with the family. So by the end, they're on this plane that has empty seats and is leaving people who are in the, you know, in the disaster area behind. And you've got Naomi Watts just sort of quietly weeping out the window. And obviously she's weeping because of the traumatic event she's been through. But you're also a bit like, you've kind of exhausted the possibilities with the family a bit. And I just think, Having a, taking a slightly broader view without sacrificing focusing on the family and looking a bit more at the the people who were stayed behind, I, I think would have done the I think would have done the film a bit more. I think it would have been a good way a choice. Like Ozzy was saying, it would have been a good choice for the film to make. But that that is more of a tweak. I think the film's on the right list. I think you made a good choice. And um and yeah, I, I did. You know, any film that's genuinely moving you when you're watching it, I, I think is, is, it's obviously a good film. Yeah. Thank you very much, Alex. I think I must've been the only person that didn't really like the film that much. Um, and I, I understand what I was saying and, you know, like I completely respect Joel's opinions and uh, everything that everyone else has said, but I, I did find myself being quite bored at some points. And, and as Alex was saying there, it was the fact that it was just the one family, you know, at certain points I was like, right, I've, I've seen enough of Tom Holland running around this hospital now. I would like it to explore somebody else's story. I'd like to see the greater impact. And as Alex said as well, when they sort of got onto the plane and it was empty, I was like, what about everyone else? <laughs> like, what happened to that guy that was saying that, you know, like I lost my wife and my kids, you know, like I want to see if he was, if he was uh, reconnected, you know, I want to find more out about the people whose homes are absolutely devastated and, and ruined and, you know, what, what did they do? So I do feel like it was a good snapshot but I would have liked a broader picture of it. And yeah, I, I, I do think that it was, a, it was a good film, but I just think it, it wasn't what I wanted or maybe what I thought it was going to be. And maybe that's why I didn't appreciate it as much. But yeah, well, well, well summed up anyway, Dave. And, and thanks everyone for all your opinions and all your arguments as well. Um, so you will be happy to hear that that is the end of our disaster season and it has, hasn't been as disastrous as we might have thought. Uh, so we've got our three on the hit list, one on the shit list. I'd say that was pretty pretty good going. Um, but what was on the shit list? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, on again. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say that uh, with one season coming to an end, it does mean that another season is beginning and uh, our next season is going to be, you guessed it, it's October, so it's Halloween Horror Month. And with that, returns... Just the sound effects. <laughs> so our next season is going to be a very condensed Halloween horror month where we're going to put two films on trial that month. We're starting off with 
Hocus Pocus 2. So that will be a good are we, one for are you. Are we starting with Hocus Pocus 2? <laughs> we're not, <laughs> not starting with it. Go on. What, what's the other film we're doing? Well, you'll find that out once oh, we've reviewed Hocus Pocus 2. <laughs> but, you know, we're starting at the top, Alex, and then we're working our way down from there. <laughs> the horror is that we're reviewing Hocus Pocus 2. <laughs> I can't wait, to be honest. So, yeah, th- thank you all for your arguments. Thank you to anybody who has listened to this episode. We really do appreciate you taking the time out to listen to all of our content. If you want more, check our films on child.co.uk. Follow us on all social media at Film Charles on Twitter, Films on Trial on everything else. And you can check out our podcast on any podcasting platform. So that is it. What have we learned today? Well, we've learned that the impossible is a bit of light in a river of shit or a bit of <laughs> shit in a river of light. I can't figure out which one is which, but ultimately it is on the hit list. And we're going to be back in your ears in two weeks time with Halloween Horror Month and our review of Hocus Pocus 2. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>